Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode 12 of the Sovereign Health Podcast. I am the Red Diva, Persephone Rose. Mr. Pisces and I are happy to be together on this crispy fall day, hanging out in our antique apartment building in the foggy Willamette Valley of the beautiful Pacific Northwest. There is a lot of leaf blowing going on outside, and I think property management is cleaning out the apartment directly above me. So there's some vacuums or carpet cleaners happening. There's just been a lot going on. Uh, So it's a little noisy. I have been so grateful lately for all of the women in my life who support and sustain me. I have never been good at maintaining friendships over long periods of time. I am not in contact with my best friends from grade school or high school or even college. I have one friend from grad school, which was not that long ago, that I still get together with every now and then. I believe this, for me, branches from having an anxious attachment style that manifests as an enmeshment with the person I am having a romantic or partnership relationship with to to the exclusion of all others. It may also have to do with having an exhausting autoimmune condition and the corresponding brain fog that simply makes reaching out and making plans and showing up difficult. But There are some friendships, aren't there, that are just magic? I mean, there's that connection, that spark, almost of recognition from a previous life or something. Maybe maybe we came into time and space on the same soul pod or something, but you just get that person and they just get you and you can go months without seeing them. And Then you get together with them and you catch up on each other's lives and that magical resonance is still there and you're still able to support and hold space and offer insight and wisdom and they're able to call you on your shit and you leave that interaction larger and more whole than you were before. And you probably say, let's not let it be weeks or months or years But then it is weeks or months or years before you see them again. But the moment you are in their presence, that connection is still there. I have a few really good friends like that. None of them know each other, oddly. One I have known since our kids were little together. One has been the sister of my soul for a little over a decade And some that are newer in terms of time, but still feel like that old soul connection. When I am creating sacred structure to house and navigate time as my greatest and most limited resource, I always mull over how much time I can and should and need to allot to these friendships that nurture me. And I tend to go through periods where I am consciously reaching out and making dates with everybody and trying to fit everyone in. And then I lose track or it's too hard or I get spacey and forget. And I go weeks and weeks without any interaction with anybody. And I've been aware of this vaguely in that 
self-shaming, I am really bad at this sort of way, and feeling guilty for leaving certain friendships unnurtured. But I have been really aware of this and thinking about it since seeing an Instagram post by the holistic psychologist, Dr. Nicole LaPera, who pointed out that the loneliness epidemic is not just cultural and social, but that it's also economic and that people cut themselves off from friend time because there is a societal expectation that money must be spent in order to also spend time. And yet when someone is experiencing financial stress, the thing they need most is to still feel safe and secure in their tribes and networks. But maybe out of shame or the inability to afford a particular event they've been invited to, folks will often hide out at home and just slowly drown in their cortisol soup. I have definitely been in that position many times in my life. And although right now I can afford the occasional lunch out or cup of coffee or glass of crappy Cabernet, that was an inside joke. I also feel drawn to separate that economic obligation from time with friends. Could we do friendship in the same way if we aren't drinking coffee or wine? (laughs) Neither of which I'm drinking right now or shoveling food into our faces. It's also difficult right now being on an autoimmune protocol and trying to navigate the menu at just about any coffee shop or restaurant. I'm also in this energetic space of being very careful with my time. I am once again working for someone else full-time because paycheck and maintaining this podcast and business and scheduling time for workouts and dance classes and hikes in the forest and friend time and time with my love and time to make healthy food and time to just administrate my life. And so because my time is more of a precious resource than money right now, I cannot afford to waste it on events or circumstances dare I say, people that do not nourish me back. And I mean, do they move me forward, either in terms of personal or spiritual growth, or rest and nourishment, or in inspiring and motivating me in my business? So all of this is what I've been mulling over lately. And so I did what I do when I want to know more about something. And I started researching the research, the scientific research on women's friendships and what they actually do for us. And it turns out they do a lot. For women, friendships with other women not only nurture and support and buffer and protect but they lower cortisol and they increase oxytocin. And it is this oxytocin in the presence of estrogen that creates a domino effect of other biochemistry that lowers blood pressure, cholesterol, heart rate, improves immunity, and promotes healing. 
And this may be, scientists are postulating, why women on average have lower incidence of heart disease and longer longevity than men. Over the years, most studies on stress and how people deal with it have been done on men. Yes, sigh, big surprise. But in 2002, some female psychologist researchers at UCLA published an article in Psychological Review that showed women have an alternative to fight or flight in the face of modern stressors. Motivated by oxytocin, women will tend and befriend in order to get more oxytocin and alleviate stress levels. And since then, there's been a lot more studies on women's friendships showing that having friends helps you physically age more slowly and with more joy. In a one nine-year study on women's friendships, researchers concluded that that oxytocin in the presence of estrogen dump improved mortality rates by 60%. And in the famous Nurses Health study out of Harvard, the health benefits of women having friends was so statistically significant, the researchers stated that not having friends was as bad for your health as smoking cigarettes or being morbidly obese. It turns out women with friends recover from big traumas like the death of a spouse or a child, while women who are lonely don't. Women with breast cancer and friends have a higher survival rate. Women struggling to overcome addiction who have close girlfriends have a 63% higher success rate than those who are going it alone. And this one was amazing. Women working in corporate leadership structures, even in male-dominated industries, have higher positions of authority and get paid more when they have girlfriends. Not just a robust professional network, but girlfriends. Likewise, Women entrepreneurs who make time for their female friendships also have a statistically higher rate of business success over those who are holed up with our laptops drowning in our cortisol soup. And the importance of friendships is huge for all genders, obviously. Science does show that anyone who is without a support network or confidence is more likely to experience ill health and early death. But there is something about friendships with other women that affects estrogen bodies differently than testosterone bodies. Studies show that males, or testosterone brains as I tend to call them, because of that testosterone dump that happens in utero that causes the formation of a typical male brain and male genitalia, They tend to rely on the romantic or committed partnerships for support and nurturance and stress relief. Married and partnered men are healthier, happier, and live longer, science shows us. But the opposite is not true. Whether a woman is partnered or not, partnered with a male or a female, her well-being, health, happiness, and longevity 
is dependent on her female friendships outside of that partnered relationship. In a paper published in the American Journal of Community Psychology, one researcher wrote about psychological empowerment, which is this theoretical construct with emotional and behavioral and cognitive and even spiritual aspects, which sounds to me like what I refer to as self with a capital S. And they discovered that a woman with a, quote, strong social network shows up in her life more empowered. It sounds to me like our girlfriends make us sovereign. It is also mentioned in almost every one of these articles and studies that although women's oxytocin-driven basic instinct is to tend and befriend in times of stress, a lot of women don't heed that call. When we are overwhelmed by superwoman syndrome or enmeshed in our romantic relationships or simply living modern life that requires a lot of time and attention and resources and the bandwidth to balance and schedule it all, one of the first things women put on the back burner is their friendships. And this mountain of research suggests that that is one of the worst things we could do for our health, for our wellness, for our joy. That we are, in essence, sacrificing our lives on the altar of busy because we can't make time for the very thing that will keep us energized and vibrant and sovereign. Our culture tells us that primary partnerships and our children are the utmost, highest, obligatory receptacles of our time and attention. But if we make time for the friendships outside of that dynamic, we will actually have the energy and fortitude and sweetness to show up in those primary relationships in a healthier way. The best thing you can do for your sweetheart or your children or your job or your to-do list is to put it all down for a minute and call a girlfriend. This is one of those acts of nourishment that is not optional. Your life depends on it. Your sovereignty depends on it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Sovereign Health Podcast. If you enjoyed this topic or other topics, please share it with your friends or anyone you think would also enjoy it. If you have questions or comments about this particular episode, you can ask it on the Red Diva Sovereign Health Facebook page. I am probably not going to see comments made on Spotify or any of the other streaming services. And though I am not able to be as active on the Facebook page as I would like, I will eventually see it and reach back out to address your question. You can also always email me at percyrose at reddiva.com. I would suggest you get out your gratitude journal and write the name of every female friend that restores and nourishes you. Set up a walking date or a FaceTime 
or a plan to connect over a glass of crappy Cabernet. Ask for support or offer it. Don't let economics get in the way. This is an act of nourishment that brings you closer to being your highest version of your highest self. And if it helps, get gleeful over how prioritizing friendships flies in the face of cultural hierarchy. Do all of that, and then go out and have a beautiful day.